So, God is good. God is able. Say it back to me. And we don't know he's able until we need him to be able. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah? Sadly. But that's what, you see, we say it, and we just all did it, didn't we? But sometimes you don't really think about what we're saying. God is able. He really, really is able. And I'm just so blessed by the Spirit of God in my life. Because... He keeps proving to you and me, and I know some of your stories, and I know some of the things that have happened in your lives in times past, and I know some of the things that are currently going on in our lives, and God is proving himself again and again to us, isn't he, that he is able. And and I just read it again this last night, and, and I scribbled a few notes down, because the ver- I did a little thing on this back in Zoom days. I did a series on Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 you can turn to it if you like because it's just a good reminder tonight of what um what our God is able to do and in Ephesians yet chapter 3 I don't know if you remember the little thing that I did on it I reminded myself of it this week and um but I broke down each um word in that verse of Ephesians 3 and began with now to him who is able, and each, and each little sentence actually says so much all on its own, doesn't it? Now to him, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever Amen. And I just had a little reminder of myself. The book of Ephesians, if you've never read it all the way through, read it all the way through because it's an amazing book. It speaks of the grandeur and the greatness of our God. It speaks of his wondrous acts. It speaks of the hugeness of his love, the wealth of our inheritance in Christ. And it takes us to heavenly places, yeah, that stretch far above rule and authority. And it travels back to the foundation of the world. And then it zooms forward to the future that is so rich with eternal purpose. Then it talks about the inheritance, which is our which has been reserved for you and for me. And it talks about us being made alive. Are you alive tonight? We've been made alive in Christ together with him. We've got the grace of God lavished upon us. It talks about the breadth and the depth and the length and the height of the love of God. And it talks about you and me being filled with the fullness of God. Yeah? It it talks of the riches of God's mercy, the grand hope of his calling. And then bang in the middle. It says, now to him. You've got to get it in context, people. That's why you've got to read the book. To get the context of the one who is able, yeah? Who has done so much for us, so much in us, yeah? And so much for mankind. He has changed our lives forever. Now to him who is able. And do you know what's even more exciting about this? Paul didn't write this from a mansion. 
He didn't write this all cozied up beside a nice log fire. He didn't write this in the best of conditions with a sumptuous feast of food around him. He wrote this from a dark, dismal prison cell. What does this say to you and me? He understood the greatness and the grandeur and the amazingness of our God. He was in the most dire situation, yet he was able to write now to him who was able. And he was chained up. He was bound. He had guards at the door. And he wrote these words. Put it into perspective. Do you know I love the Bible? Because... There is so much in here for us. We pull that scripture out. And I heard all of you saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I know which one. You you know, you were nodding in agreement. But then we've got to break it down and we've got to see the way it was written, how it was written. You could write your own scripture for the situations that you've been in. Yeah? It was written in a cold prison. He was under house arrest. Those Two verses there are what the word calls a doxology. There's not many of them in the word. But it speaks about the goodness of our God. You see, he knew the reality of his present circumstance. Because I'm convinced sometimes that when we're in something, when we're going through something, we look at others and think, well, you know, how can anybody know what I'm going through, whatever I'm walking through? This is my reality. I want to tell you, this was Paul's reality. We must never take ourselves out of our reality. Yeah? Because we've all got reality and sometimes that reality stinks, doesn't it? Yeah? I'm sure that Paul longed to be in a mansion by a cosy fire with lots of sumptuous food around him. But he penned it and he said, now, in the reality of his present, in the reality of his circumstances, he called in the power of God. He believed in the God of the now. Chained up. Bound up. Stinking. Needing a bath. He believed. He believed in his God. I want to tell you tonight, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know if it's stinking. I don't know if it's horrible. I don't know if it's a long one, a short one. If you're in a situation and in a circumstance that you'd rather not be in, then we can learn something from Paul tonight, can't we? He believed in the God of the now. And this is what I do know. And this is what I've gotten to understand. Because he talks about God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or even think. According to the power. Notice that. The power that works in us. Whatever our circumstance, whatever our situation is, there's a power in us. Amen? There's a power in us. And the power that's in us, hi Andy, sustains us and keeps us and moves us from where we are to where we're destined to be. Amen? That's the reality of it. Tonight, you're not going to stay this way. Say it to me, I'm not going to stay this way. 
No, you're not staying this way. You're not. I want to tell you, you're not going to stay this way. Paul, chained up. We're talking about Paul in prison. And he wrote the words, now unto him who is able, yeah, to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could even ask or think. But he wasn't in a mansion and he wasn't having a feast. He wasn't having fun in the way that we would want to have fun. But he was chained. He was in a prison cell. He had guards at the door under house arrest. But bang in the middle of this amazing book of Ephesians, he writes, now to him, who is able. And you see, he went on to say in verse 21, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. You see, in that dark cell, in that horrible place, in that situation he'd rather not have been in, he was looking to the glory of God. Yeah? He was looking. He was looking forward. He was looking ahead. He knew that God had plans to display his glory. Do you know that God has plans to display his glory in your lives tonight? Yeah? He's got plans. He's got plans to display his glory in your life. In your life. Yeah? He's already doing it. But he says... In spite of the circumstance, in spite of the situation. But I want to say to you that as we're, as we're walking through our journeys, we've got to understand that we need a fresh anointing. We've got to understand that we can't do this without Jesus. We've got to understand that we need the power of his Holy Spirit to rest upon us. Praise God that he anoints us. Yeah? I want you to say back to me tonight, because that's the next scripture that I want to just share with you tonight. That says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. It really is. It really, 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 really is. It really is. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. It's in you. It's upon you, yeah? It's giving you the strength and it's giving you what you need because the Lord has anointed me. Say it to me tonight, because the Lord has anointed me. Yeah? Because he's anointed me. And do you know what it means to be anointed? I'm just going to read this little bit out to you. The anointing is the burden remo- is for burden removing and... And it's the yoke-breaking power of God. You're burdened tonight? Well, you're in the place where it can be removed. Are you carrying things that are too heavy for you to carry? Well, you're in the place where they can be lifted. Because I want to tell you, we've got to learn to run into this more and more and more so that our burdens can be lifted and the power of God can break the chains in our lives. Amen? It's what empowers you and me to live supernaturally. The Christian life is spiritual. Sometimes we don't believe that. Sometimes I don't believe that. 
But I want to tell you that Christian life is spiritual and it's meant to be lived supernaturally because we've got a God who is a God of the supernatural. We've got a God who breaks change, who sets the captive free, who can break yokes, who can lift us out of bondage, who can turn our lives around moment by moment, day by day. And the Christian life enables you and me to do supernatural things. It is good news and it's the truth. It's the truth. It enables us to say when we're chained up, when the situation is difficult, when it's hard for us, no one to him who is able, yeah, to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ask. Or even think. I want to tell you now is the time. We're living in a time that says this is the time. Yeah? Now is the time. Now is the time to live out that which God wants us to live out. Amen? (laughs) And you see... The best work that God does isn't isn't the things that he does for us. It's actually what he does in us. That scripture says that. According to the power that works in me. And when you understand that power that works in you and you see that that power is rearranging you and causing you to be a different person, making you see things differently, you start then to release the power that's in you and and you just do it. It just happens. Isn't it amazing? And you stop saying, well, I, I can't do this and I'm not able to do this and I'm not good enough and I don't know how to do You just stop saying that rubbish. Because something's happened inside you. Yeah? Yeah? You're hearing this from a person that often said, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. Oh, they won't want me doing that. I can't go in and do that. That was my vocabulary. But when you see the power of God is changing things in you, amen, that vocabulary changes because you get it. You all of a sudden get that it's nothing to do with you, but it is because God chooses to partner with you. But what I'm saying is he can take you and me through the most difficult circumstances and situations and causes power to be anointed in us that not only strengthens us to walk through that situation, but we become a blessing to those around us. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, laugh. Do you know, God clearly told me in a couple of situations um, yesterday... It was actually written to me in a text message, and it made my spirit um, instantly. Um, And it was about a situation that somebody was in, saying, I can't reverse this. And I instantly thought, but God can. 
instantly. I didn't, I didn't even think about it. That's the power that's in you. Yeah? See, it's so easy, whether it's a text message, whether it's a conversation, to instantly hear something and nosedive and be part of that conversation. But we get a choice in a moment. In a moment, we get a choice. That moment in time, yeah? That instant, recognize the Spirit of God, people. Because I want to tell you tonight, he's in the business of reversing situations. He alone can reverse it. Amen? Do you believe that tonight? And as I read those words, I can't reverse this. No, you can't, but God can. Amen? We serve a God who's reversing situations all of the time. We just got to catch up with him. We just got to get it. We just got to get on his page. Yeah? He so longs for you and me to get on his page. It's why I said to you, you know, in the context of Ephesians, that verse is brilliant and it's the one that we know so well, no one to him who was able to do. But you've got to read the whole of that book and then you'll understand the grandeur of God and how he is able to do the things that he says in Ephesians 3.20 because he goes back to the foundation. He zooms us forward to the future. He takes us into the heavenlies and he says, no, I'm able to do so much more, so much more than you could ask or even think. When the journey's long, we need a fresh anointing. When the journey's just the journey, we need a fresh anointing. I went to a conference. We weren't, I don't know how I ended up going to a conference, but my daughter said, let's go to a conference on Thursday night. Let's go to a conference. Yeah, guess where the conference was? Bath. So I'd already been up and down the motorway this week. I don't know how many times. Let's go to a conference. So off to a conference we went. We were lastminute.com. It was amazing. Just what, just what we needed. But I just want to say that during the conference... There was opportunity to go out, be ministered to, and there was a feeling just to anoint everybody. And I felt, you know, didn't feel anything. I went out. They dabbed me with a little bit of oil. I was more miffed because they made me fringe soaked in oil. I said to Sarah, look at me fringe. Was I in the moment? Probably not. <laughs> but I went, do you know, I didn't feel... And I'm saying this deliberately to you tonight. We live too much by our feelings. I want to tell you, most times you don't feel like it. I'll be honest with you. We've got to get some reality into our lives. Most times we don't feel like it, whatever it is. <laughs> Who tonight would have much rather been at home by the fire? Yeah, we don't always feel we don't always feel like it, do we? But do you know, by the next day, I knew that God had anointed me. What I didn't feel on the Saturday, I felt on the Sunday. And God said to me, I anointed you yesterday, for now. For such a time as this. Yeah? 
for what you're walking through, for what you're talking through. You see, you need the power of God, not just for your life, but for the lives of those around you. How are you going to answer that person who says to you, I can't do anything to change this? Oh dear, I know. Can't do anything, can you? They don't need that. But I know a God who can. I don't know what that's going to look like for you. I don't know what that's going to mean. But I know a God who can reverse situations. Hands up if you want to see a reversal in a situation tonight. Come on, all of us. Yeah, put your hand up, Rob. You do. (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm being real with you. Yeah? God, the Spirit of God makes you warm. <laughs> he rever- you know, and I'm excited about that. I don't know what things look like, but the power of my God is able to reverse situations, to turn things around. And the Word of God teaches us and shows us it again and again. And I just want to take you very quickly into a scripture because... The whole idea of, I believe, on a Wednesday night in the life meeting is to empower us, it's us ourselves with life, because then we'll go out and we'll be life. Amen? We'll pray life, we'll speak life, we'll declare life. It's not just about Wednesday night. How many prayer chains do we get come through? We're, we're being called upon again and again and again to declare life into situations, to see a reversal, to see things change, to see things turn around. And every time we get a choice, what are you going to choose? How are you going to pray? Yeah? What are you going to believe? Are you going to go down and say, oh, yes, it is bad. And and the reality is that situations are bad for people at times and for you and for me. But are we going to be like Paul? That in spite of this, that is chaining me at this moment, I know that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hey, because he, the Lord, has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Reversal. Yeah? If we can minister and we can speak to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Reversal. Yeah? The hearts are broken. But I know a God who is able to mend your broken heart, who can actually get down in there with you and walk beside you and understand your pain, but he can heal your broken heart. Yeah? That's my God. That's, that's who I want to bring to the world. Not ignoring the broken heart. Not saying that, oh, just get on, come on. You're, no, 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 getting down there beside them, saying, I get it, I see it. But the one who loves you most is the one who's able to bring you healing. That's what the anointing's for. To proclaim liberty to the captives. It's a life meeting. Yeah? We've got to be proclaiming liberty to the captives. There were so many captives of every description, of every size, of of all sorts today. In the church and out of the church. Yeah? Because still, people in the church need to be set free. And Jesus is constantly, always doing that. Setting his people free to proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. 
Amen. Our God. And it goes on further to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You see, our God is into reversing situations and pouring in his oil and his joy and his love. Our God is able. Amen. He is faithful. We need his touch. We need a fresh touch. Could you just turn with me and just very quickly, I want to just share this little bit and then we're going to move on into prayer. Um, And it's um, Daniel. No. I've lost Daniel. Oh no, I've got Isaiah and I've got Judges. (laughs) What have I done with Daniel? (laughs) What have I done with you, Daniel? (laughs) It's Daniel chapter... I've got the verses and I haven't written the chapter down. (laughs) Daniel received a message. I've written that down. Um... I will tell you. Let me see if I can find it. It's, it's at the beginning. Uh, pardon? Just talk amongst yourselves. Is he being rude over there? I had to get him to put his hand up. And now... Let me have a look. It's just a little verse. And I, and I felt led to go in... Um, I don't know if I'm being recorded. No, I'm not. Um, I felt led to go and just look this up. And I just felt excited by something that... That, that's when you know the Spirit of God is starting to speak, isn't it? When, when something in his word just resonates with your spirit. Yeah? I love that. Because, um, you know, we don't, sometimes we have to walk by faith and we don't get those feelings. But there are other times when we just sense the presence of God in our lives. Um, you know, just ministering really in that, in that area. And I think it's Daniel chapter, da 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 Yes, chapter 10. I thought it was chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. I just want us to look at a tiny little verse in there. not going to read the whole of it. Um, I'll just give you a little overview of it. But verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshar. The message was true. But the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. So in a nutshell, Daniel received a message. Yeah? The message was true. He weighed the message. Yeah? He weighed the message, decided it was true. But the appointed time was long. So, it was a long time coming. By this time, Daniel was an old man. I looked up, looked up in, possibly in his 90s. Yet he was a man of great revelation and he'd seen God move. I mean, come on, he'd been thrown into the lion's den. Yeah? And God delivered him. He'd interpreted 
the writing of God on a wall. Nobody else could understand it, but he had the revelation. He'd had revelations. He'd seen deliverance. He'd, he'd been told that they weren't allowed to pray, and yet we read that three times a day he went to his window and he prayed over the area. He'd seen miracle after miracle, yeah? And he'd been given another message. He'd been given a, a message from God in a vision. And it goes on to say that after that, the message hadn't come to pass. He hadn't seen it, but he believed it was true. Now, we've got some things here. If you've received a message, you've weighed up that message and you believe it's from God, but it's a long time coming. Daniel provides the prescription. Keep praying with determination. Yeah? It says here that he prayed and he fasted for three weeks, calling on the name of the Lord. He prayed with divine revelation. You see, when you believe that a message has come from the Lord, you've got to keep declaring into that message and God himself will reveal himself to your heart. Yeah? We've got to understand something in God time and time again that delay does not mean denial. Sometimes an answer takes a long time. Uh-huh. But we've got to understand this, that as soon as Daniel prayed, God began to answer. I asked God for that 10 years ago. He began to answer then. Yeah? As soon as Daniel prayed, God began to answer. The answer's on the way. But he goes on in Daniel and he talks about the battle that's raging. The battle that's in the world. He was in difficult days, just like we live in today. There was a battle in the world. And there was a battle in the heavenlies, and he needed to arise. I want to tell you, if ever there's a day that we need to arise, it's today. In the power of his spirit and in the strength of his might. Amen? Daniel was convinced he was going to win this personally. Yeah? That he was going to win it prophetically, and he was going to win it powerfully. We're on the winning side, people. Yeah? And what we win... In the place of prayer and in the place of waiting will be a personal win because God is working inside us. And I don't know about you, but on a journey that we have walked with God, he doesn't have to do an awful lot of changing inside us, doesn't he? Yeah? That probably wouldn't have come any other way. When we're on the mountaintop, when things are going okay, when the answers to prayer are coming thick and fast, very often there's little change inside us. Yeah? But when we need to wait on God, we start to seek God. What's going on? Am I doing what's right? God, I want to obey you, but I don't know if this is right. Have I heard from you right? Have I, have I you know, what are you saying to me? What are you doing in this time of wait? <laughs> and guess what? God will reveal himself to us to the deepest parts 
of our hearts. And it said, going back to Ephesians chapter 3, according to the power that works in us. Yeah? Now, we may not have the answer to that prayer in us, but what God works in us is that power to believe him and trust him and walk that journey with him until it is revealed, the glory of God in us. And so, we read in verse 10 and 11, suddenly a hand touched me, Daniel. Remembering he's been seeking God, he's been looking to God, it was about a vision, it was about he was going to see God in his glory, and a hand touched me. We've got to know in our journeys, in our walk, we've got to know that the hand of God has touched us. Yeah? And that will happen in many different ways. But we know when the hand of God has touched our lives and ministered to us. And it made him tremble and he fell on his knees and on the palm of his hands. And then God said to him, Oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And so he received a touch from God. I want to tell you that on your faith journey, because this is about faith, you've got to have moments like this. You must have. You see, it's when you're on your knees that you fully understand that the victory is yours because it's a place of surrender. And the victory is spiritual, physical, and emotional. Because to walk in faith, to trust God in faith, to declare faith in your lives, it actually takes every part of our being. Emotionally, physically, and spiritually. That's when we move from faith to fear on our knees. Yeah? It's the place of surrender. You see, Daniel knew the forces that were round about him. He knew that he was being hemmed in. He knew that the forces were real. And he understood he had to be totally dependent on God. I want to say to you tonight that there are forces around us and they might be coming against us physically. They might be coming against us mentally. They might be coming against us spiritually. And we, I believe, need to recognize those times and be able to say In Jesus' name, I'm I'm depending on you, God. And and I am standing against that which would come against me. Yeah? He will give us a fresh touch in those moments. And a fresh touch from God moves us from our knees to our face, to our feet, until we arise in him. Yeah? I love the scriptures that say, come on, it's time to rise up. Before you rise up, you've got to get up. Yeah? 
And we're so good at shouting and jumping up and down. Yeah, I'm going to rise up in God. Yeah, I'm going to win the world for Jesus. But it begins down here. On your knees, on your face. It's a progression. Yeah? Then when you rise up, you rise up in the power of his spirit, not in the strength of your might. And I've done it both. And I know what's best. A fresh touch will move us from our knees, from our face to our feet. And we arise in him and we stand for God. And then you stand, whatever. I'm not budging. I am standing in the place that you have caused me to rise in. Amen? I'm standing in the place. And sometimes we are... We are broken before God at times. Maybe it's over our own lives. Maybe it's over somebody else, family, friends, situations that, that totally we just haven't got the answer for. It doesn't matter what it is, but God will use all of these things to shape us, to make us, to anoint us to be the best that we can be. Amen? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Yeah? It is upon you. On the days that you feel it and on the days that you don't. Yeah? On the days that you want to share Jesus and on the days that you don't. On the days that you think I've messed up and I'm never going to get it right again. And on the days when I did that, okay. Yeah? It doesn't matter. The Spirit of God is upon you and we are his witnesses on the earth. Amen? God is good. And he has commanded a blessing upon us. Yeah? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, he commands blessing. And where he commands blessing, he commands unity. And all sorts, all manner of things can happen in his name. And the world is, is hard and the world is tough and it's getting darker. But the just shall live by faith. And the light of God will shine even brighter. And how is that going to happen? Unless we've got our eyes and our focus upon him. Yeah? Unless we're allowing him to work his glory out in us. Yeah? Yeah? But I've come to this conclusion that the more I read the word, the more I read about the saints of old, the more I read stories, the more I read testimonies, that ever before there's a rising up, ever before we see that answer that we want, there's a down on your knees. Yeah? They're saying, oh God, I haven't got this. I don't know the answer. I don't know the way forward. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I'm believing that you've got this. And in this season, I'm going to have revelation of who you are. Yeah? Because you see, the real important work is the work in us. And it doesn't mean we must stop praying and we must stop asking God because that's part of our call. That's part of our anointing. Yeah? Because he sent us into the world to pray for the world. To ask for those who haven't got to make everybody know that they belong, to let people know that they are loved unconditionally and that Jesus can change everything. 
We've got to be so drenched in the anointing of Jesus. And that's what that word anointing means. It means to rub on, to pour on, to smear, to saturate, so that we are dripping, dripping with his anointing. Yeah? And then we are able to face those things that God has sent us to do. You see, because when the time is right, the Lord himself will make it happen. Amen? When the time is right, the Lord himself will make it happen so that you are in no doubt of that and the glory goes to him. Yeah? And the glory goes to him because you have believed his message. Amen? We're going to pray tonight.